it seems like beer is the only topic that it should be if it's about beer, right? Whatever. Beer should be all by itself because it's so important. That is pretty important. All right. Well, this is episode 73. So you want to start? Welcome to Scatterbrained episode 73 about beer. About beer. Baby. Yeah. Beer baby. Um, yeah. Pretty much started civilization. It wasn't anything to do with about wheat and bread and all that kind of stuff. Why we settled down. We just wanted to drink beer. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. All right. See you. All right, let's start over. Um, welcome to Scatterbrain, episode 73. Welcome, Dan. What's shaking, Ian? How you doing? I got you away from work. Oh, yeah. Yeah, thanks for saving me from work. Got stuff I got to do you know, during time when people aren't in, when I can do th- some things for maintenance, and we have that you know routine type of thing going on. So just cranking glad, that away. And glad I could help you out nice and late when I got to be up at five, but it's cool. It's I'll okay. Keep, it gives me more uh, more hours to drink my beer. There you go. Nice Star Wars shirt. Is that new? No, this is not new. Oh, that's so retro. I like it. You know, Target special, I'm sure. $12, $10, whatever it is. Do you like the shirt I'm wearing? Uh, Yeah, dude, you're still still rocking that shirt. It's got to stink by now. It's going to be... Work to script. Dude, that sustains amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Are you busy work-wise? Always, man. Always busy. Um, There's just a lot going on, you know, but... That's all right. I still got time to putter around on the social media at Scatterbrain Pod on Twitter and Scatterbrain Pod SD is in San Diego on Instagram. You've already found us if you're hearing this right now, but if you prefer a different platform, go to scatterbrainpodcast.com and find the link to all of our other platforms in case you like something different. Uh, as mentioned last week, we are now streaming on iHeartRadio. So if you like that kind of thing, you can join my dad as we convert him to the dark side. We're going to be going for that. 1980s Republican. We're going to be trying to convert him to a stoner death metalhead with dreads for your very ears. Or at least death metalhead with dreads <laughs> and a nose ring. Maybe not there the stoner part, right? Okay, or tattoos. Out, out there on the golf course, just hacking away. <laughs> he's, he's got a little more experience than you, Ian. I think we'd have more chance of converting your mom than your dad, actually. She's it's already kind of- into horror. She's already into horror movies and Metallica, right? So Yeah, that's true. I thought about sending her a pile of priests. But I think that'd be a little above her. <laughs> that'd be awesome. Send her a shirt and some stickers. That would that'd be pretty be cool. Maybe I get the zip code right. Yeah. Yeah. Next time you guys get together, you got to make them wear like a cannibal corpse and a pile of free shirt. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be pretty that'd be awesome. funny. That'd be yeah. great. All right. Well, when you think of beer, what image or what comes to mind? Lifeblood. It is my literally that that's literally what (laughs) in a way. Yeah. Because actually I was allergic to mother's milk when I was a baby and um, I was dying and a German doctor um, in one of the, um, one of the areas, I think it was, I think it was in Garoka actually in New Guinea told her to um, boil barley water and then, you know, obviously cool it off and then feed me that because I was allergic to milk for the first couple of years. This explains so a lot. I, I grew up on, yeah. And, and I remember a teenager drinking beer and my mom muttering under her breath, goddamn barley water because I was drinking a lot yeah. of beer at the time. <laughs> and um, yeah, so that's why I, I have a love for beer. I don't think I've gone a single day since I was 13 without at least one beer, which is insane. I thought yeah. about that earlier. Yep. Interesting. 
What do you think? What do I think when I think of that? Well, when I hear the word when beer? You think of beer? When you think of beer, yeah. So I think being a product of the mass marketing of the 80s, and the 90s and current, I guess now I don't really pay attention, but definitely of the 80s. Yeah. Uh, I, the image that comes to mind is that cheap, clear looking beer, right? That you would see on a Budweiser commercial or something like that. But when I think of a beer, when I think of beer, yeah, it's one of the it's one of these. Oh yes, oh that Guinness. sounds that sounds like a creamy Guinness. A Guinness, to me that is that is the epitome that's, of that's, good beer. It, they they are delicious, but they are uh, kind of weak, really, alcohol wise, and they're so yeah. creamy. I can I can guzzle a full you know I can guzzle a Guinness instantly. They're so good. Yeah, what's wrong with that? Nothing. Except it takes like three to get the alcohol content in one of the ones I drink. So, well, I drink those too. But yeah. if I had to drink I, one beer forever, it would be Guinness. I was drinking Yetis a lot for a while, and then I discovered that Dark Star, and I can't get off of them now. I drink primarily just those Dark Stars, and my backup beers are the uh, good old fashioned. Uh, my Budweiser is a Stella Stella Etoile. Oh yeah, Stellas. <clears throat> I love Stellas. Yeah. Yeah, those are all right. You got to be in the mood for them, but they're all right. Those are like my my everyday beer, my light beer for hot days kind of beer. I guess that's my Guinness. <laughs> yeah, that's most people's like Bud Light or, uh, oh God, MGD. I, I remember in the 80s, MGD was really popular. Uh, yeah, all kinds of, it's just whatever you were at the, you know, for my generation, it was probably the Coors Light, the Silver Bullet, you know, that oh kind God, of thing. That's, that's what Chuck drinks now, and he can just oh down God, those things. that stuff's garbage. But it is good after hockey, you know, someone brings you some, Coors Light, a couple of those. It's refreshing. Out in the parking lot? Yeah, or in the locker room or whatever. But yeah, that's pretty refreshing yeah, in that case. Around the back of that truck um, with, the cool, with the cooler open, 10 guys laughing their asses off drinking Coors Lights. At the, at the rink I played at for years in the league, that's what would happen a lot. And apparently they, do they, they had... Do they even do hockey there anymore? I believe so. I believe they do. I heard there's a, a pickup game there, and I'm sure there's leagues. But... You started doing the league over over by my house now, right? Isn't that where you uh, play I've played now? there? I've played there before too. Yep, I played a lot of places. Oh yeah, for years. Yeah, you're the enforcer, right? <laughs> no, I'm not an enforcer. Oh, okay, I watched you play. You were the enforcer. No, I'm kidding. Uh, more like Trot was the enforcer. Maybe I'll cut that part out. Oh uh, no, I like playing against him. That's pretty fun. I play defense, so I like playing with anyone that you can play hard with. You know, he more like crumpled like a girl, right? No. Someone will come toward me and go, not in the face, not in the face. No, no. Anyway, he's fast. So, he's pretty fast. Yeah. Well, he's tall. He better be fast. Yeah. So where so do you want to start? Did you ever, did you ever uh, make beer yeah. since you no. loved it so much? No, but you did, right? Yeah. For like 10 years, maybe. Yeah. It takes forever. It's definitely a lot of work. It was fun. I got to where I could consistently produce my recipes, you know, I had certain well, ones you, that I liked. When you, when you start from scratch, doesn't it take like six weeks or longer to get your first batch? How long? Yeah, it it's like a month, depending on what you're doing. If you, you know, there's like ales and there's lagering. There's lagers, right? Ales are oh. fermented at a kind of a room temperature, essentially. I mean, you want them cooler, 68 degrees, maybe, maybe a little cooler, but 70, you know, in that range, they get to probably. But As, then yeah. there's like so lagering where you have to cold ferment them at different temperatures but like right around 55 degrees somewhere in that range for much longer because that happens much slower it so it just depends on the 
Uh, yeah, it's like baking. You know, some people like to bake cookies or bake some fancy cakes and other people like to buy them for, you know. It doesn't take uh, six weeks or whatever for you to enjoy your cake though, so. Yeah, but you know what? If you just keep doing it, you always have beer and then you can drink right. the, the last beer that you made while you're making the other beer. That's kind of what he does. He even has like taps and stuff, like three different taps hooked up to a keg of, of whatever beer he has currently. It's pretty neat actually, but it's a yeah. lot of work. Yeah, I need to get back into it. It just it takes a lot of time and it helps to have a, a brew brew partner to kind of you know have an extra set of hands and stuff. What are you saying, Dan? Oh, you've threatened to help me many times in the past, but it never happened. Not due to either you or me. It just didn't happen. I've I've been right. brewed, you know, brewed in forever. But I'm I'm threatening you again. Let's see if you no, you don't have time, right? Oh uh, yeah. no, I'd I'd be into it. I'd be into it. I've yeah. been thinking about it actually, that or fish tanks. One, in, one of the we, two. We could get together like 3 a.m. most nights and start, you know, our little concoction of beers, whatever. Our own little personal meth lab of beer. 3 a.m. I'm kidding. Good. Well, because you don't have time because of working kids, right? Yeah, I guess so. You're right. We could record, yeah. we could record the podcast while we're brewing beer. There you go. Just forego sleep forever as long as we have beer. <laughs> there's, uh, there's so many kinds of beers, though. I was watching a documentary. Um, what is a brewmeister called? Like a person who is an educated person historically about beer, like a, you know, like a person who knows wines and, and, you know, connoisseur of wines. There's a certain name for someone who does that for beer. I forgot what the name is called. I think it starts with a C. It's called a master Cicerone, you dumbass. But anyway, this guy was talking about all the different beers. It was about an hour and a half thing. And I've watched it a couple of times, actually. Did you watch that at all? No, no, I haven't. But it is interesting that, there's when you so start many. to when i started to make brew, beer you know do home brewing and stuff at first it was a friend that taught me and you know but then at some point you start trying to figure out your own thing and, and so for me i tried to research different styles and then try to make my own recipe based off of what that standard was you know and just try to wing it based off of what i researched you know that was a pretty good way of doing it and um it's like i liken it to baking in a way but as you research it, you start to you start to learn why certain styles of beer are came to be. You know what I mean? So, for example, you might have the Belgian ales. To me, they taste like uh, contaminated homebrew, funky. Like I don't I don't like them. I don't like that taste. But certain people, like Jim, love it, especially with soured fruit in it. And I don't like that type of thing. But that those styles of beer are open fermented. Yuck. So those would be, you know, you as you would imagine in the old days, they would they would be, you know, in such in such excuse me, essentially inoculated with the molds and whatever fungus and whatever else is just in the air in that area, right? So they would have a certain uh, characteristic to their isn't region. Like, and you like can lamb lambics are like that, right? Uh, I do not like lambics. Isn't that like the yeast that comes in through the ceiling the, of the local area? Something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. That, I think that's, we're talking about the same thing. Yeah. But, you know, this, uh, people have been fermenting things for a long time. You can only imagine that much like probably much of the foods and different things that we get to eat now were maybe by accident someone discovered it, right? Like you could imagine people having grains or something like that, that 
sits for a long time, gets wet and ferments. And then they, they eat it or drink or whatever it is, right? And then... I think beer is the uh, the founding of civilization from everything I've read in documentaries I've seen. Yeah. That's what, yeah. It goes back so um, far, like 7,000 years. I, I think the, the fields were cultivated for beer, not for bread, you know? That's why people settle down because they could they could make their beer completely discovered by accident, they think. <laughs> by accident, right? You can only imagine that scenario, right? Some grains or something got wet and sat there for a long time. And yeah, but I wonder who the guy was who went, I don't think I'll drink this 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 mush, this bacteria infested water, and then got all wasted and like, hey, hey, not so bad. Not so bad at all. Let's yeah. try that again. Yeah. Well, they were the brave ones. You know, or the dumb ones. Or the dumb ones. <laughs> I'm so sure like the, for every every beer that the every beer style that came out, there were ten dead cavemen that ate some weird thing instead. Right. Yeah, that mushroom that just kind of made him feel weird. It's like, oh, we've got to find that mushroom again. Yeah. Next guy eats one and kills him. Kills him. Yep. How how do they oh, that's another story, but um there are so many kinds of beers that you know the most, I think probably like multi loggers. Uh, American and international lagers, uh, probably the most widely available style of beer in the world right now is American light lager, unfortunately, uh, which came into to being in the 60s and 70s. You know, things like, uh, you know, like Bud yeah. Ice. Like I was Bud, saying, I have these certain, light and, yeah. certain mental images of, of beer in my mind when I hear the word because of growing up in the 80s. <laughs> All right. Well, these are, those are brewed primarily with like rice or corn in yep. addition to barley and the rice and corn are used to lighten the flavor and the body of those beers. It's what makes it kind of accessible for people. It's, it's just a basically it's cheap sugar, cheap and it's bland. It's inoffensive. You can get together and nobody's really going to say much. It's just, you know, if you're not really in particular about the taste of your beer, that's perfect to have a party with. And it's become very popular over the last 40 years, you know? Unfortunately, that's that's changing. I mean, people always have that people that just want to drink beer and get wasted, you know, but people for hundreds of years have, have been concerned about what's in their beer. Right. Right. You had the one German purity law dating back to 1516, which says which pretty much they still stand by. Yeah. Which they say, you know, beer can only be water, hops, malt and yeast. Right. Right. Because I guess people we're doing things like, and you can see why, I mean, people like to do rye, you know. There are also international uh, lagers, you know, pale, amber, dark lagers. And uh, international pale lagers are far and away the most popular of that group, like Corona, Asahi, yeah. Heineken are examples. Uh, Heineken's very popular, obviously. And did, I, did I tell you, I went when I went to the fair, they had, yeah. you know, they have a beer thing, right? Sponsored by different vendors or whatever. And I thought it was ironic that this year, instead of like all the stone and everything they had, it was all Corona. All the beer advertising at the at the Del Mar Fair was Corona. Everything yeah. was Corona. Wasn't that kind of a ironic, fucked up thing? I thought yeah. it was kind of weird that they did that kind of simulation, fucked up. If you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're typically slightly more bitter than like American lagers because um, they're not brewed with corn or rice, right? which is a good thing. <laughs> yes. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, beer should, there's, like I said, people have thought that beer should just be water, hops, malt, and yeast. I think right. there's wiggle room. People can do coffee. There's, you know, you want styles, but I think what reason this came into play is because people were doing all kinds of other things, just like when they were trying to have, you know, alternatives to coffee. Right. 
just using all kinds of herbs and spices and random stuff to make beer, you know, oops, to make beer. Mm, I love coffee stout. Yum. Yeah. Yep. Do you have, do you have certain uh, favorite style? Well, you know, I like stouts. I'm stouts yeah. are like, I love coffee stouts, oatmeal stout. Yeah. Not too big on, not too big on the milk stout so much. Yeah, we, we've established that one. It's definitely a different thing. Yeah. I just, yeah. I just think it's weird to like add lactate and stuff into beer. I mean, it tastes okay, but yeah, like, well, yeah, I prefer, I think I prefer oatmeal stout. Definitely. As your prime, that's your, that would be like your main favorite it's, one. It seems to be like this dark star that I've been drinking is Imperial oatmeal stout. Um, and it's delicious. I think it's like 9%. <laughs> yeah. So what makes an Imperial stout? Because I always thought that they were really big, like 11%. That's what I always took as an Imperial stout, old Rasputin and those types of things. Well, it's like a uh, it's like a British thing. I think, um, yeah, I think the 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 czars or, or the the court the courts in Russia really liked the dark um, stout beers. So, in Britain was brewing them, calling them Russian, you know, Russian Russian imperial stouts, and that was basically to ship to to Russia because that was their favorite kind of beer. So it's not because yeah. Russian imperial stouts aren't from Russia; they're British beer. Yeah, there's a couple of things like that. I mean, there's the other, another style called the India Pale Ale IPA. Which is not Indian, right? No. And, you know, I'd always heard that it was essentially a style that was developed, you know, in response to the long, the long trip that needed to happen between the colonies, right? And that's why they added more hops to preserve it and all this stuff. But apparently that's not true. Apparently it's not true. Yeah. I always thought it was, but yeah, I guess it's not. It does keep longer. So the, the, the soldiers, you know, in far flung lands could still drink it, but all the beer that they sent would keep because they would yeah. pack it full of hops you know yeah well and even then it does decay if you're just trying to have sustenance i guess it's all relative if you just need sustenance on a on a boat as you're going around then you're not going to be too picky but when you order something from like a russian river like the one of the hop heavy things you know you're supposed to drink those really fresh and it makes a difference i bought a couple of or more than a couple of cases of beer from them in the last year or so and I, I found one of the plenty of the elders that was six nine months old and then Ooh. i had some and then i had some that were they were they were stayed they were stayed cool it wasn't like they were hot but it was like yeah. in the back of a cabinet and then i compared it to one that i just ordered and received and tasted them back to back and it was world of difference or side by no. side world of difference yeah I've, so I've noticed, decay, but I've noticed when you get like to, to three months or longer after the expiration date on the beer, it starts to taste nasty. Yeah. Well, it didn't taste nasty, but it was a completely different beer. It tasted much more. The older one tasted much sweeter, which yeah. would make sense because it would need to be sweeter to balance it when it's really hop heavy. It's not like wine. Fresh is better. Yeah. In that case. But then there are people who like the really big ones or the fruit ones or certain ones, the Trappist ones that are getting into barley wine and those types of things that they like to have for five or 10 years. Some people, people are super into it. Um, they collect it like crazy, trade it like crazy, just like mixtapes in the eighties, metal tapes and all that stuff, you know? You heard, um, you heard the story about like uh, the, the pil- you know, the pilgrims that first sailed to America, the ones that, you know, landed on Plymouth Rock. The, re- the only reason that they decided to make land was because they were out of beer. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> that's, suppo- that's supposedly true because they, they didn't drink the water, man. That made them sick. Yeah, so sure. their, their ships were 
stocked full of beer. And then when they ran out, they're like, we got to, we got to land and find a way to, to brew some beer. Yeah. And that's what they did. And they couldn't really find a whole lot. That's, it's a part, it's part of how they started like using corn in America's for, for whiskey and, and beers and things like that. But yeah, well, here's, what's interesting is, is we, and you sort saw sort of the same trend with dogs. We talked about it way back when I don't even know what episode it was, but the episode we talked about dogs and their origin and stuff. Mm. And you see sort of two main areas of early activity that of evidence, I say bodies of evidence about activity. And so, you know, I don't recall it because it's been a while, but on the dog episode, there were two theories of origins of canines, you know, the modern day dogs that were either from, you know, like China or from Belgium, right? I think that's where it was. And they were dating back, you know, tens of thousands of years. And I think this is another, the beer thing, the fermented thing, actually, just in general, um, sort of follows that same trend. China, you know, evidence of, of it in China in pottery and stuff from six or 7,000 years ago. And then in Europe, a little bit later, around 5,000 years ago. So it's just interesting how those types of things kind of follow that same trend. It makes you wonder about the migration patterns. I'm sure someone who knows all that stuff would know, but for me, it knows nothing. It's interesting. Uh, we also have international uh, international amber lager and international dark lagers, which are not near as common as the international amber lagers. Now, examples of those would be like uh, like Doseke Stark, uh, or an example of the latter would be like Shiner Bach, which I didn't know. And you have like multi European lagers, you know, like all these different kinds, like Munich Helles and, and Keller beer and Marzen and Fest beer. Yeah, I really like. On. I really like the German and. Austrian styles would be the Bavarian, I guess I should say more of. Yeah, those are some great styles down there. You know, the former is the typical beer like consumed during Oktoberfest in Germany. Um, Marzen, I guess, is the common beer that, that they drink, and I guess it means March, which is uh, when they they cellar the beer for consumption during Oktoberfest, which I thought was interesting. There's also like Vienna Lager and Munich Dunkel. I've never had that. Dunkel, Schwar you yeah, Schwarz beer. Uh, you've had Dunkel. I, Munich, I don't think I have. have yes, I? I brought you some. The uh, Oh, that's right. Dunkel? That's right. Yeah. Dunkel? That's right. Schwartz beer? Have you had that before? Yes, I've made a Schwartz beer before. Really? There's also like Czech multi-loggers, like Amber and Dark Czech multi-loggers, um, like Bach beers as well. Dunkel Bach, Helles Bach, which is a pale beer. Doppelbach? That sounds delicious. Apparently, that's the strongest and most widely available Bach style still. Icebach, a dog that has been frozen, ice like ice, E-I-S, but it means, it <laughs> means frozen. Beer. Okay. Yeah, and they can get up to 14% alcohol, dude. That's crazy. Yeah, that's well, that's another thing is you have to have certain yeast, like I was saying before about the natural flora getting into the open fermented beers, but you want certain yeasts yeah. and certain strains, people retain them, they try to culture them and stuff because they have certain properties that they want. Perhaps some yeah. yield certain compounds as their byproduct of metabolism that give more of like a buttery kind of taste, which is mm -hmm. desirable for the reds and the Scottish ales and those types of things. Yeah. Whereas, you know, you, then you need for some of these really uh, high alcohol beers, you need yeast that can survive at those concentrations and keep going. Huh. So it's interesting. Um, there's, there's Czech premium pale lager. And I guess the most popular would be Pilsner or Kill. From Czechoslovakia. Now, I didn't know this. I didn't know this, but Pilsner is not a style of beer. 
It's the brand. Uh, it was first brewed in late 1842 in the Czech Republic. And Pilsner oh, wow. Rokel is, is, is the example of that. And they were the, um, the first truly golden beers ever produced and are probably the most influential type of beer in the history of beer. So that's like Popsicle and Kleenex and all those like things, exactly. Grisby that become kind exactly. of the vernacular. Interesting. German so they're, pills, they're essentially, they're essentially lagers. Right. Well, German, German pills birthed from Czech pale lager and American lagers, that style birthed from the German pills, like the German uh, liked beer or German Hellas export beer, uh, Kolsch. You've heard of Kolsch, right? Yeah, I love Kolsch. Oh, it's good. Have you ever heard of pre, pre-prohibition lager? It's, way, it's the German immigrants in America. Um, they were trying to like recreate the German pill style in America. And that's where like Budweiser and all those styles came from in the late uh, 1800s. They called it pre-prohibition, pre-prohibition lager. And during, during most of the 20th century in America, beer was all essentially the same kind of drab conformist American style lager with like very little variation or body or depth, you know, you know, like the whole, like the age of TV dinners and conformity prepackaged uniform, you know, you could, you could and basically you have the West coast come save the day. Kind of. Yeah. Well, you could basically at that time, you could count on, on that same taste anywhere you went in the country through like quality control, uniformity, boring. It was a mentality that shaped almost all consumer products anyway, you know, from the beginning to near the end of the 20th century. And I think it was Jimmy Carter who ended that whole, that whole, you can't brew your own beer at home thing. Cause I think that was illegal. Up, yeah, up it was until for Jimmy, a while. Yeah. And then Jimmy Carter said, no, just, he got rid of that whole stupid law. Yeah. And that's why we can brew beer at home legally now. Yeah. Thanks, one Jimmy. of the, one of the main guys that I, I learned from reading his books and things was a uh, Charlie Papazian. He did the homebrew, uh, what is it called? The home brewers Bible or something Bible. like that. Yeah. Uh-huh. I've got that over here somewhere. A couple, couple of different books by him. He was one of those people that really led that homebrew movement from the beginning, you know? Oh, was that, was that right? Is that why it was re- overturned? That oh, I don't, I don't know about that. He just was one of the people, the forerunners doing it, you know, like I learned oh, cool. a lot from reading his books and stuff. He's an old schooler. Yeah, that's when it took like the the home brewery thing, and then uh, the microbreweries. That's when it all t- started taking off in the '80s, right? Like you, even starting with like um, Samuel Adams. One Samuel was Adams like, was once, you know, the craft, small craft beer. So was Sierra Nevada in the '90s. I think those are like two of the first, right? Uh, I don't know about that, but definitely early. You know, I, I think the oldest one or the one that just kind of hung on through all of it was uh, Anchor Steam because they've been around a while and they just kept going. Where are they at? They're like, aren't they out of like uh, Central California or something? I think they're San Francisco. Yeah, but um, yeah, they they've been around a while, and they and they were kind of the only like quote unquote like craft beer you could buy during the whole, you know, Budweiser and Miller dominating the only kind of beer you could buy. And uh, and what was it in the middle of the country? Like in Milwaukee, it was like Schlitz, Schlitz and Stroh's. <laughs> Remember yeah. Stroh's? Oh, we or or Black Label. God, when we were teenagers, we used to pound that stuff. Let's get a 12 or a black label or a brown derby. Did you ever bring? Oh my God. No, so I gross. think you're dating yourself. Three bucks a 12 pack, dude. <laughs> you're definitely dating yourself. <laughs> you get a you get a funnel and a tube, three bucks a 12 pack, and you had a good time. Oh my God. Yeah, non- but then you but then you have, you know, like I, I said, half jokingly, then the West Coast comes to save the day. You know, a lot of that well, stuff is happening. To microbrew. Yeah. And you have styles like the West Coast IPA that are called that for a reason, you know? 
And that's that that sort of rose from during that time for me anyways, um, at the time that Sierra Nevada and those guys were all starting up, you know. You know what I didn't know until recently was San Diego is actually the king of craft brews. They were at one point, I don't recall the exact number, but it was a couple hundred breweries in the county or something like that at the peak. Yeah. I thought it was Colorado, but then I looked at the numbers and I was like, holy crap, San Diego's leading the way in, in microbrews big time. And some good ones too. Uh, the one that really kind of bit the big one, I think they were bought out by somebody was full sale. They used to be good. And now they're just kind of, yeah. kind of, eh. I can't yeah, even find, I can't even, a- I can't even find my favorite beer, you know, the one that they brew now that I don't think they brew it anymore. That, um, uh, uh, death by sea, what's, uh, death at sea. I forgot what it was called. See, I haven't had it in so long. I forgot all about yeah. it. That's that that so happens cool. though. I think beers change. I mean, that uh, Ballast Point got bought out for for over a billion dollars, right? Oh, oh, that was I was Ballast Point, not Full Sail. Yeah. yeah, Ballast Point blew and, it, man. And you know, whatever. But maybe the people, Yeah, that is Ballast Point. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. Man. Yeah, but it's gone. I don't know if it is. And, and Stone kind of got that way, but they stuck a little more to their cool core, you know. Well, the, the arrogant bastard ale split from Stone. That's a different company now. Yeah, that's crazy, huh? Isn't that weird? I just I discovered that when I was I bought a, a six pack of that arrogant bastard ale, and I looked at it, and I was like, "Wait a minute, this is not even a, this isn't even a Stone beer anymore. It's its own company, which is weird. I wonder if the same people own it or, or how they did that or why know. they did that." I remember seeing something online about that split, but I don't I don't know that it was I don't know what the circumstances were. Yeah. Well, um, let's see here. There's non, there's like non-roasty malta ales, like dark mild British brown ale. You know, I guess um, what would that get into? Yeah, the brown ales are pretty, pretty uh, like plain, aren't they? Like Newcastle is pretty. It's kind of light. I used to love Newcastle. I used to love Newcastle. They kind of got another beer that that changed. Another one that yeah. changed is a uh, Fat Tire. Oh yeah, Fat Tire was always kind of a weird taste, though. That Belgian. I liked style. it. I liked it because it was. Uh, really like biscuity is sort of the, the descriptor I would have of it. And now it just tastes like any other. Yeah. When I was in Colorado, you could buy all different kinds of that, that fat tire. Cause I think it's brewed in Fort Collins. And, I think it's new I, Belgium brewing. And then it's fat tire is that one beer. Then they have different ones. Yeah. But they, they have all different kinds. Like, um, you know, like a dark and a light and everything. And I realized when I bought like the, the variety pack of, Every single one of those fat tire beers tastes exactly the same. It's really weird. It's like most is darker than the other one, but it tastes just like a fat tire. It's weird. Uh, so that's when I was kind of turned off by them. Yeah, yeah they, they got they're worse. Almost, they haven't gotten better. They haven't gotten better, right? Um, let's see. What is Engl- English barley wine? What is that? That's that's the stuff where you get into 13, 14% alcohol, literally oh, okay. barley wine. British strong ale and old ale. I love the old, I love the British ales, dude. That's I think yeah, that's my they do have style. some great tastes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Scottish light, heavy, and export ale like wee heavy. What is yeah. wee heavy? I've never had wee heavy. I couldn't yes. give you the official description. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it's There's kind a of, lot of um, nuances. It's kind of like talking about um, subgenres of of metal sometimes. Right. Well, not that they're not distinct, it. but. I'm rambling through all these different kinds that I, I, I looked up, like Irish Red Ale. I remember I was into that big time in the late '80s. Uh, what was the brand? This Irish Red. Oh, so good. I don't. I haven't seen that in years. 
American Blonde Ale, American Wheat Beer, yuck. American Brown Ale, Wheat Wine, Belgian Pale Ale, Beer de Garde. I don't know what that is. That sounds like a French beer. Oh, man. I just remembered I have this this uh, 1001 Beers to Try Before You Die book. Oh, my God. That's a thick book. Yeah, look at Holy that thing. crap. Yep. Oh, this is old. My dad gave this to me. I bet you a lot of the beers in here are not even around anymore. That's like a half a foot thick. Uh, there's like Sahi. Have you ever heard of Sahi? H-S-H-S-A-H-T-I. I never heard of that. No. Roasty, roasty dark ales, English porter, Baltic porter, pre-prohibition porter. And my favorite are stouts, like Irish stout. Ooh, cream Those stout. Are my extra st- oh, tropical stout. What the hell? Probably fruit or something. Don't go there. Yeah. And then the good old imperial stout. American stout's good too. I love American stout. Yeah. And then oak. Those are a little lighter though, you know? Little. uh, Are there? Now, IPAs are really popular right now, aren't they? Sickeningly so for years. It's like, it's all you can find in the stores now. Everything's fucking IPAs. Yeah. Same with the bar. I haven't been to a bar in a while, but same with a lot of the bars, you know? American Pale Ale. There's California Common, which is interesting. American Amber Ale. Now, I think that's like the Anchor Steam. And then like Double IPA, New England IPA, uh, Red, Brown, and Black IPAs, Belgian IPAs, Rye IPA. I don't think I've ever Yeah, those are very, you have uh, the um, Firestone Jack has oh. the Rye IPA. You've had that one. I know. Oh, that's because... actually, those, are, those are good, actually. Yeah, that is a good one. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely like any anything that's dark. I prefer dark and like burnt tasting. You know, I do too. Coffee in there, roasted coffee, not too sweet. I think certain ones like the Belching Beaver has a, yeah. a decent has yeah. a pretty good uh, uh, peanut butter stout, which is very sweet. But yeah, pretty, I read that pretty good. Yeah, but, I get to like the second or third one, and I, I can't do it anymore. It's too yeah, sweet. they're too sweet. But to have one, it's pretty good. Now, now there's American barley wines and American strong ale, which I guess that's what we were talking about. Was the best known example would be that Stone Arrogant Bastard ale. Um, that's called an American strong ale. I love ales, man. German bitter beer, yeah, Aus- Australian sparkling wine, or Australian sparkling ale. Never had that. German Hefenweizens. I don't like those. Nor do I. I don't like anything with wheat. I've made wheat ales before too um that, that unfiltered wheat like a, is nasty. Yeah. yeah now what is weiss weiss beer or rogan beer? wheat i think wheat okay right. wit beer what is that i don't know wit it's beer? like white probably it's that clear stuff oh, it's clear it's white that's what it is yep now saison i've never heard of saison uh that's a i believe a belgian style or french style um, Belgian but golden, fruit, but Belgian like, golden it, strong ale, uh, and it's like sometimes they'll do fruit, I think, but they're like this. Uh, I don't know. Oh, I don't yeah. like Belgian ales. They're like Belgian beer, like this like yeah. tart kind of thing. I don't really. Now isn't that what Fat Tower is? A Belgian? Eh, not really. I don't know. I don't okay. know. I don't think that Fat Tire. When I think of Belgian ale, I think of Chamay. And those types of things, you know. Oh, I, think I don't. Ooh, I don't like that <laughs> stuff at all, man. Yeah, it's it's like it's too like fleshy or something weird about Taste it. Tastes like know. contaminated homebrew. That's what I think it tastes like. 
ever since Mike said it tastes like it almost tastes like flesh or something. Like and a band aid. Like, oh God, it's gross. Oh, nasty. Yeah. Disgusting. What about what about monastic uh, monastic brews like Trappist? Oh yes, so the, well, that would be those would be if you're talking about Trappist ales, those are going to be the Chimay's and the different those okay. Belgian Trappist. styles. Okay, but but they do have I know in Germany um, and in Austria they have different breweries that are run by monks. You know, the monks. Yeah, yep. And Trapp- some to this over. some to this day they they still are. You know, I went to one in Austria. Yeah, uh, Salzburg. And just out of the city and it was this one that was hundreds of years old yeah. run by the monks still to this day i guess to this day meaning a few years They're ago still, yeah. you get catch my drift yeah well the belgian doubles belgian triples uh trappist double trappist single but apparently they they actually brew like an in-house beer that you can't get that's what they day to day what they drink and yes it's very rare to be able to drink that stuff and the stuff that they actually ship out is the, you know what you can buy obviously probably the chimes right stuff like that yeah they have their own thing and you know it, that sort of talks about how ingrained beer is right you have yeah. it started from a totally localized thing it was this town's beer that had that they fermented open that had this kind of funk in it all the time right they used whatever yeast whatever it was and you had you know the monasteries or whatever doing their thing and then it eventually got bigger and bigger and bigger now it's hundreds of billions of dollars yeah i know <laughs> it's crazy yeah didn't didn't the monks initially brew beer to so they keep their bellies full um when they're fasting something like that i, think I believe that's, that's right. right i believe that's right that sounds right good old monks good old beer <laughs> hey remember um what is it the balls out gary the tennis coach when he's sitting okay. there and he's writing something he's doing something and he stops and he Picks up his beer, he drinks the beer. He's like, "Oh, beer is good," or something like that. Yeah, I mentioned that on the uh, on the um, the uh, the number three, the banter number three one. Remember, I was cracking up about that where he's all he's all writing, you know, tennis, the the game of yeah, kings yeah. or something. And then he like stops and he like he looks all introspective. <laughs> that's right. And then he stares at his beer and he goes, "Beer is good." Yeah, such that's a, what it was. Beer is good. Such a bonehead. That's such a funny movie. I love it. Jesus Christ, Chang. Okay, we're not going to get into that mess. Anyway, well, so beer is good. Oh, I love beer. I couldn't so, deal with that. So if you couldn't deal without it, you've had one every day since you were 13. I think, could, I think I have, yeah. If you could drink only one, only one, the same one for forever, what would it be? Oh, any beer? Even the ones was, I can't get now? If it was just like you had a beer that you had to get. You could, sure, it can be any kind of beer that you wanted. Sam Adams Black Lager. Oh, that would be the one that you would have forever? Like, just always? If, if, if someone said this is the only beer you can ever drink now and it could be any beer, even ones I can't find now? Yeah, that's the one. Remember how much, how many of those I drank? I, that's all I drank. Those things are so fucking good, dude. I used to buy the the boxes at Costco, knowing I was gonna have to throw away or give away that sickening Belgian white ale that they would do in that holiday pack, just so you could get the two six the packs two, of black lagers. The two black lagers per six pack. I know, man. I used to do that too. It's like, what was it? White ale, and then there was <clears throat> there's something else in there. It was there was like this spice ale. Yeah. And then and you get then two regular, two regular Boston lagers, two black ale, black lagers, and then the um, like the holiday porter, which was pretty good. Yeah, that one was good. And then you got the, the black lagers. 
I don't know if they even brew those anymore. I mean, they weren't particularly strong. They were just, I thought they were delicious, man. They were very good, but that would oh not my be God. my forever beer. I think Guinness would be my forever. Actually, no, I know Guinness would be my forever beer. I, I would think it would be, right? I, I would brought off into the sunset with music playing with my Guinness. I, I don't think I've had one of those Sam Adams Black Loggers in probably almost 10 years, dude. Maybe not a little That's less. That's probably about right. Yeah, I think it was one of those like multi-pack things that you, you told me were at Costco and I went and no, you got a couple of them for I me. I got actually. some for you, yeah. Yeah, and I pulled the like I pulled a couple of black loggers out and just guzzled those immediately, like, oh <laughs> shit. Oh man. Yeah. That sucks. So it's because they're, they're multi-packs. I've noticed in the stores of Sam Adams, like variety packs are garbage. They yeah, put like all the know. garbage in there. It's like, I don't want this summer pack with white ale and ew gross what was the one oh and, and like pine ale or something it was like uh, you're brewed with pine needles what the weird. fuck is this shit that's trying disgusting. to emulate hops the the piney hops maybe it's their oh, adjunct to get that same flavor oh but that's disgusting that's like that you trim your tree and the the, the sap german purity on. law i invoke the german purity law on that one you do man because it's like i remember trimming my pine tree and all the sap would drip on the deck and stan would lay in it and he cleaned his fur and he was vomiting for days you want to put that in my beer that's disgusting dude i had to th- i didn't even i drink like not even a half one of those and i threw it out oh you so tried you tried it it was that bad okay well it was in the multi-pack and it was like well i'm gonna give it a shot and it was like drinking pine needles it's like why would you do this that's it's disgusting, disgusting. Yeah, it was disgusting. disgusting and white ale was nasty too i don't like that stuff oh some of the fruit they put in some of these too it's like don't don't put apricot in my fucking beer please thank you a raspberry or cherries you hear that jim none of that shit and none of that barrel aged stuff either yeah i was like i was briefly sold on that one beer that had um what was in it it was uh something you would think would be kind of okay oh it was watermelon that watermelon beer it was uh, that was a that was a uh not full sale it was the other one. No, it was the other one. Uh, Ballast Point that did it. Yeah, it was yeah. one of their water watermelon sculpins or something like that. Exactly. And, and I drank one. Uh, Charlie, my old roommate, gave me one, and I was like, "Oh, this is good." And so I went and got a six pack of it. And then I had another one. It was nasty. The second one was disgusting. I gave him the rest of them. I'm like, "This is garbage." Yeah, no it's, fruit. It's Thank weird. you. Yeah, one beer of that stuff is fine. Like the the cherry Sam Adams. Like one of those is okay, but. You can't like sit there and actually enjoy a couple of those. Ugh, disgusting pastry stout. That's just bizarre. Oh, uh, the pastry stouts. Well, see, those are those are sweet, but they're heavy, heavy, big stouts. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're they're great. There's one up here. I forget it. I have, I think one left in my fridge. I want to say wild <laughs> bear. beer is amazing. <laughs> great. I want to say it's wild barrel, but I don't know if that's right. Second chance. One of them. Let's wrap this up. I got to get some sleep. All right. Yeah. Well, beer is definitely good. Um, it's we interesting. Love beer. It's interesting that it's been around so long, just like dogs. Almost beer good. Long. Yes, it is good. It's uh, good. built into daily life and religion. And yeah. I mean, uh-huh. even medicinal, right? Guinness for strength. Yep. So, I, believe, I believe it is the foundation of all civilization. Hey, that rhymed. So it could be it our next be, song. It would be aliens from Mars and Martians landing here and accidentally fermenting holy shit maybe that's why we're being visited because we have the best beer or the only beer oh sounds like cheech and chong oh what are you talking about man all right well uh i want you to have i want you to have my hairpiece to remember me by give you my hairpiece yeah i'll give you my hairpiece hairpiece
I said, oh, man. What does he snort? He snorts like that. What was he snorted in the car? He thought it was cocaine. <laughs> with soap. He's like, hey, man, that's soap. soap. <laughs> oh, it's soap. But the, but the best part is Chong's like, no, man, you can't have any of this. It's got to last me. It's like a, a turkey bag full of, of dish soap. <laughs> dish soap. Oh and then he like so takes it and, he, and he's like, no, just a sniff, just a sniff. And he goes over and he shoves it in the face. Shoves it's his a, face. In you, <laughs> what's so funny about that scene is that like Cheech, you see when he does it, he's like, oh man, he's thinking, oh, what a great joke. My friend shoves this big bag of Coke in my face. How funny. Wait, <laughs> it's not right. funny. Right? It's hilarious. <laughs> it's so funny. All right. Well, join us on the next Scatterbrain Day. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thank <laughs> you.